Welcome back to the St Edward's School podcast, the place where we talk to staff, parents and pupils to find out more about life at the school. In this episode, we speak to Joe Bush about careers guidance. We're going to find out just what the careers provision is at St Edward's, why the school begins to give guidance to children right down to years five and six, and how advice is given to pupils in the face of many future careers having not even been invented yet. So come with me as we step into careers guidance at St Edward's School. Joe, thank you for joining us on the St Edward's School podcast. How are you today? Uh, I'm doing very well, thank you. It's been a busy morning. Uh, just finished some interviews with students uh, and uh, yeah, it's been a good day so far. Interviews with students. Tell me a bit more about that. How does that work? Well, all students in St Edward's can have careers guidance interviews, but at the moment I'm focusing on the year 12s who are making some decisions uh, regarding their next steps after they finish sixth form. And with year 12s making those decisions on their next steps, do they feel any kind of pressure to have to decide now what they're going to do for their career? Maybe because maybe their, their grandparents say to them, you know, what are you going to do with your lives? Uh, or do they just feel free to just explore options without that pressure of making a, a large decision now? Um, I think that uh, careers education has really changed over mm. the years. And I think that we used to be asked, what are we going to be? What are you going to do? And you needed to have a plan. Yeah. I think it's less like that now. And we encourage students more to think about the skills they need and uh, their, their characteristics, what their motivations are. Um, and really, the career comes second. So mm. it's mm. more about uh, developing those characteristics and skills so that they can adapt because whatever they decide they want to do now probably won't be what they end up doing. Mm. They'll probably find something else at university or during their career and move into something completely different. Hmm. Yeah. So it does change, but mm. uh, we tend not to ask that question so much anymore. I'm delighted to hear that. I really am. OK, so we're going to unpack a little bit more about that shortly. But first of all, before we get into the heart of this episode, I wonder whether you can just, for the sake of people listening, tell us a little bit about yourself. Maybe tell us where you went to school, what your own experience of education was like before you then stepped out into the wonderful world of work. I I certainly never thought I would be working in careers education. I actually uh, went to school, a drama school, and my plan was to uh, be on the stage, um, and that 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 was the plan. Uh, that all changed, um, and I ended up working sort of in office work. I went and moved around in different countries. I've lived mm -hmm. in three or four different countries now oh, wow. uh, working. And uh, and I moved into careers education probably about 10 years ago. And I find it really interesting, mm -hmm. uh, especially when the students come up with some, some really weird and wonderful careers, which perhaps I haven't even heard of yet. Mm. So I got into it uh, over time. So tell me about those four countries that you lived in. Uh, well, I lived in Belgium for three years and then I moved to Norway. I lived in Oslo. Mm -hmm. uh, then I moved back to London and then we moved to Germany, to Stuttgart wow. in Germany okay. and then back here. Gosh, right. Yeah. So you've been bouncing around Europe a little bit in that case. Yes, I was moving with my husband's job, but luckily for me, there was international schools uh, where I was where I was living. So I was able mm. to sort of pick up work here and there. So what brought you into the world of careers guidance in that case? Uh, I started to get involved in it when um, I was living away in Norway and I was 
I was asked to sort of get involved because I had some UK experience. Uh, a lot of the students there were going on to American universities and I started to get involved with uh, helping students navigate uh, applying to a, a UK university. When I came back to the UK, I was really interested in the field and so I took some further qualifications and graduate, you know, graduated with my qualifications and, and moved forward with that. So that's it, it was a roundabout way, but I, I just really enjoy seeing a student sort of come to decisions, make next steps. Mm. Uh, it's really, really interesting. OK, let's take it back to St Edwards then. Tell me about the career provision that you have at the school there. OK, well, uh, the programme is from year seven to year 13. So it runs right through the senior school. But I also do go into the prep school as well. So years five and six do have a couple of lessons each year just so they can start, you know, finding out about careers. And it's not um, a, a whole new concept to them when they move into senior school. Mm. The programme's delivered um, by all sorts of people, by myself, by the teachers, through their PSHE classes, assemblies, events, through their subject teachers. Mm. And it's tailored really to, depending on where they are in their education, they need different types of advice. Mm. So it's about responding to what those uh, you know, questions and needs are at each time. You mentioned about year five and year six. That seems very early to be thinking about careers. Tell me a little bit more about that. Well, I go in so that they get to know us and they, they have some connections with the senior school. And I do an activity with them where I put a picture up on the screen with lots of people doing lots of different jobs. Mm -hmm. And they they all manage to very quickly point out and write down all the jobs that they can see. They might be chef or you know a driver or a pilot, mm. um, a doctor. But then I ask them in their groups to spend time thinking about all the jobs they can't see hmm. which is often the jobs that we all end up in and so that's quite interesting so it's hmm. thinking about you know logistics and how things move around how things get to where they're going to get to how the plane operates so it gets them to start thinking away from just those named careers that that they normally come up with you mentioned about the different questions that people ask at different stages in their school life what are the different queries that students might have at, say, year seven or eight compared to the, what queries they might have in year 10 or 11? Well, earlier on down the school, they tend we tend to be sort of talking about career terminology. We talk about their skills, their characteristics. We talk about the world of work, what it's like. We might talk about the labour market and, and how, uh, you know, what careers are in demand, mm. how they would find that information out. As we move on um, into sort of years nine, they are looking at more making, starting to make decisions. So which path they might go down, which option, GCSE option subjects they might take. Mm. Once they move into year 11, again, you know, year 10, 11, they're thinking about A-levels or perhaps moving from school into a different area, you know, perhaps a, an apprenticeship or into a college. As they move into A-levels, then they're then thinking about apprenticeships further on, university, mm -hmm. gap years and all sorts. So mm -hmm. it does change throughout, throughout the time at, at school. And how do you help 
students at school where maybe their parents want them to follow a path that they're not passionate about themselves. Does that ever happen? Uh, I think that all parents want their children to do the best they possibly can. Mm. And perhaps parents are in a good position because they can see traits and characteristics and they know their children very well. Um, So and they've only got their best interests at heart. But students have to be given the opportunity to follow whatever they decide on. And, Mm. you know, they might have a new idea or a new career that perhaps a parent doesn't quite understand or Mm. isn't sure of. So it's just a case of communication, really, that that student is given an opportunity to say, well, this is what I'm interested in, or I'm really interested in a degree apprenticeship, not going to university, but but maybe taking an apprenticeship program. Mm. And this might, you know, once parents understand all the the different uh, qualifications and the options and the routes, then then I think that they are they're they're happy to support their children. Mm, that's good to hear. Now you mentioned then that you go down and you see uh, the year fives and year sixes and talk to them about the different options in life that they may face. But for the years seven to eleven, how does the actual careers guidance look in school? Is is it a, a department that they can come and sort of step into and and read up on different careers? You know, how, how do they access someone like yourself to talk to about different options? Well, they're able to uh, make a careers appointment at any time uh, during school. Um, so that, that that's, you know, we're, we're open and uh, they can contact us by email or, or come and see us. There is a careers room. Mm. Obviously, during the last year... There we have had less, I've had less footfall, less traffic in the office (laughs) and more email and Teams meetings with students. Mm. Um, But they can they can contact us and and we can make an appointment at any time. We we also sort of send information out regularly. We have a careers newsletter, which we publish. And that's got lots of information on for students, sort of on opportunities that they can take up. We use universities. Frog as a school, so they can uh, access a lot of information on Unifrog, uh, mm-hmm. whether it be uh, information on a subject, on a course, uh, trying to find work experience, helping them write a CV. So we use that program as well. But at any time, they can just contact the careers office and we'll make arrangements to see them. And we talked earlier about some of the things that the older generation might ask their grandchildren who are at school right now you know what do you want to do when you grow up what do you want to do for a career but in what other ways is careers guidance different today compared to how it used to be from the children's parents generation or their grandparents generation I think it's uh, it's a much more dedicated program now throughout mm. the school okay. and it's much more respected throughout education as as a significant part of a student's program. I think that also life is moving so quickly, whether Mm. it be, um, you know, automation, whether it be sustainability, 
these issues are, are moving very quickly. So we need to be able to provide students with the skills to move into these roles, perhaps roles which haven't even been developed yet. So mm. uh, we're having to move quite quickly with that and and stay on top of that. So I think that I think it has changed. I think it's definitely more respected. It has a dedicated site. Whereas before, I think you were just hoping that some teacher would perhaps take an interest in you and and help you and guide you along the way. It's now a much more sort of, um, you know, a much more full programme, really. And you mentioned about roles that haven't been developed yet. How do you even prepare students to consider the fact that there are roles that haven't been developed yet? I think that's when we like to focus on the skills. Mm. So we want to focus on skills so that um, they are able to be adaptable, uh, that they're resilient, uh, that they can cope with change, that they have good communication skills. Mm. Um, And all these things, I mean, with the year that we've just been through, you know, people have had to adapt and they've had to learn new skills and they've had to be uh, use their initiative and be proactive and positive and try and 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 find a way through into perhaps a, a different type of career. Their their career's gone down a new path, and so that's what we're trying to equip the students with that they have those skills so that when they leave and they move into the world of work, and perhaps something happens or a new opportunity comes along, they're able to sort of use those skills to to move into that. And do you think that there's more opportunity these days for students once they leave to begin one career and then maybe to switch from that one career to another career more easily than, say, our parents or our our grandparents' generation? Yes, definitely. I think that uh, on average they say that we now have around 10 to 12 different careers within our lifetime. Um, So we rarely start in one career and then finish in that same career. We're also much more mobile. We move around within the country, between countries. So I think, you know, we're working more online now. We're Mm. working remotely and flexibly. I do think that uh, students have to be prepared that, that their life will take uh, lots of different twists and turns and I think that's a really good thing because Mm. I think we can continually I think we need to be looking at lifelong learning we should always Mm. be trying to learn something new move ourselves forward and find out what the next opportunity is so I think there's it's definitely changed and we often hear don't we that AI is going to be taking over a number of different uh, roles and uh, that people tend to step into for their careers how do you handle things or situations where a student comes to you suggesting that they might want to step into something which we wonder whether in five or ten years time will even exist anymore uh yeah that 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 is difficult i mean you know it is difficult because with automation there was obviously you know there were some jobs that were going to be lost Mm. and this was seen as quite negative and it's strange how over the last year automation is now our savior and we're Mm. all looking at delivery options and and different ways how we can live our lives uh, with more automation yeah I I think I try and keep them uh, up to date with the latest information that I can on the labor market so that really it's just presenting them with the information and shall we look at that and shall we see where that 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 industry is going yeah. who's hiring and hopefully perhaps you know they will come to maybe a realization that maybe that is not something that that, 
that is that is progressing at the minute. So, yeah, yeah. but we would always sort of encourage them to follow whatever wish and dream that that they have. Yeah. And which industries do you see as really growing rapidly on the rise and something that's going to be staying with us for a long time in the future? Uh, well, I think we're all a little bit more tech savvy than uh, than we were before, so I think that will that will continue. Mm. I think automation again will will continue, but I think the big one at the moment really has to be sustainability. Mm. Uh, so either green careers, but also just all companies being more sustainable. And and students are really interested in that anyway. They're very passionate about this subject, and all industries, schools, you know, everyone is going to have to be more sustainable. And there are some excellent career mm. options, and that that is definitely a growth area at the moment. Okay, let's jump back to you for a second. You mentioned about working in different countries across Europe earlier in your career. Looking ahead to the future, if you had the chance to work in any country in the world let's just imagine a strange situation where you're able to carry on doing exactly what you're doing right now but you could just simply do that in another country which country might you choose oh gosh uh well i've got to say actually i'm quite new to cheltenham i've only been in cheltenham a couple of years so i'm still exploring here but uh i'd have to say australia so okay uh, right i would uh i would perhaps uh i've never been and uh, with the weather that it's been lately here, um, it's certainly of interest. <laughs> the last couple of weeks have been pretty awful, haven't they? They certainly have, yep. Okay, so Australia's number one on your list. What might be number two and number three? Oh, okay. Well, uh, I did love Scandinavia when I lived there. Um, there's a very, very good sort of work-life balance that they have. You know, the sun comes out, they go out, and it was very outdoor environment. Mm. Um, so I probably would choose somewhere in Scandinavia. Okay. Uh, as a third choice, oh, that's quite tricky. Perhaps somewhere sort of uh, in in America. Again, I'm thinking of the language where maybe uh, I wouldn't have to learn another language again. Very sensible, very sensible. And let's imagine then that you could take three items with you, which are slightly unexpected or slightly quirky what might you take in your suitcase with you well I rarely go anywhere without my phone but that's probably not very quirky (laughs) certainly a book I'm always reading uh Mm -hmm. I love to read so I would I would definitely take that with me what book are you reading at the moment can I ask I am reading a book called Life of Balance by Rohan Mystery and actually reading is a little bit of a a loose term there because I'm actually listening to it on an on on an audiobook this time so Mm -hmm. uh, whilst out on our sort of daily walks that we're that we're all encouraged and allowed to do so um, yeah definitely a book definitely my phone Uh, I'll have to think about the other one (laughs) okay all right (laughs) maybe come back to us with that a little bit later (laughs) we need to bring this to a close in a minute but for anyone who's heard anything and might have a follow-up question based on anything you've said what's the best way for them to get in touch with you uh, they can email me at uh, j.bush at stedwards.co.uk and I would be very happy to talk to them about anything careers related or arrange appointments. So, yeah, that would be the best way to get in contact with me. Well, uh, Joe, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being here today and talking to us about careers guidance, also telling us where in the world you might like to go next. Thank you for your time and thank you for being here. Thank you.
So that was Joe Bush talking about careers guidance at St Edward's. Thank you, Joe, for coming on to this episode of the podcast. Don't forget, if you have any questions at all about careers guidance at the school, then you can contact Joe directly by emailing j.bush at stedwards.co.uk or through the school's website, which is www.stedwards.co.uk. Now, as always, if you're not following this podcast yet, then now is the time to do it, because then when each episode is released, you'll just receive a small notification to let you know that it's there. So go and do that now. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this episode, and we'll look forward to seeing you again soon. Bye for now.